Detective. After this, I'm Detective. gone. No big surprise. Detective! You're looking for me. If you think Kevin Spacey is great in this movie, I only have one thing to say to you. Me too. This is spoilers. That was a pretty good one. That was pretty good. I liked it. Divisive. (laughs) It's 2019, so... Half of the population just clicked right off. All right, well, hey. Just the females, though. So 90% of our listeners are still on board. That's good. Yeah, we're good. We're good. Six, uh, yeah, six dudes on this pod. Well, five. All right, so uh, this is spoilers. Uh, we are reviewing the Christopher Plummer classic, Seven. Do you like what you do for a living? These things you see? You have to wear blinders sometimes. Most times. Detective William Somerset is looking for a way out. You're retiring. Six more days and you're all the way gone. So how long have you lived here? Too long. Detective David Mills is looking for a way in. We'll be spending every waking hour together from now until the time I leave. I'll show you who your friends and enemies are. Look, I will come inside five years. Not here. Now, we have ourselves a homicide. They're caught in a game. No fingerprints. No witnesses of any kind. Nope. About the only thing we know about that guy right now is he's totally insane. Where the price of sin is death. There are seven deadly sins. Gluttony. You're going to come take a look at this. Greed. No one touches anything. Sloth, wrath, pride, lust, and envy. Seven. You can expect five more of these. Body was found on Tuesday morning. I hate this city. We're gonna get who did this. This will be the very definition of swift justice. There are two more bodies, two more victims. This guy is methodical, exacting, and worst of all, patient. He's laughing at us. <laughs> he had a gun. He's two murders away from completing his masterpiece. Ah! Finish it. Brad Pitt, Morgan Freeman, Gwyneth Paltrow. Have you ever seen anything like this? No. Seven. Uh, <laughs> it is great movie. Maybe we'll see. Um, this is Brett. Uh, recording from Fort Wayne. Dang it! I said my name. Bleep that out. Um, <laughs> Dox. Self. <laughs> Self Dox. I am. Wow. Un- I am unraveling right now. I'm sorry. <laughs> so why don't we go from uh, let's say uh, least to west and start with whoever's the most east and uh, tell us where you're recording from and tell us your two favorite Brad Pitt movies since we always try to sneak a second one in so is I that think, Josh? I think that is me um, Okay. I love seven almost as much as I loved one through six so this is <laughs> <laughs> hey now, hey now. <laughs> oh, I love corny jokes I love that 
<laughs> uh, I remember Legends of the Fall being a big one for me when I was little. Uh, my mom loves that. Man, Fight Club was my jam for a long time. That's definitely one of them. So, I don't know. Snatch and Fight Club, maybe, I would say. So, Josh finds a way to get four movies in. <laughs> Sprinkling a little bit of Micho Black and yeah, I'm good. No, I like most of his movies. So and Mighty Joe Young. Yep. I know at least one of Stevie's, so let's go ahead and go to Stevie. Hey there, this is Stevie recording from Elkhart, Indiana. And let's see, one of them's in Glorious Bastards. Yeah, mm. I absolutely love that movie. Good call. And the other Brad Pitt movie, God. Movie or performance, Brett? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what? Have fun with it. You like him on Friends or what? You know oh, I it. Love him no, on I mean, he's so good. I say Snatch. Yeah. Him, his turn as Mickey is brilliant. So, Snatch and Bastards. Mm-hmm. Gotta take a shot, uh, <clears throat> Mikey. Uh, yeah, Mikey, recording from Goshen, Indiana. Uh, I like uh, pretty much all Brad Pitt movies, yeah, he's but really good. Uh, I really like him in the Ocean series. I know that's three movies, but uh, I just think he's really good in those. He's the cool guy in Ocean, so. Which? Oh, Ocean, yeah. Yeah, I like those movies. I like him in that. Oh, yeah. Cool. Did you only say one, or did you say. What was it I just said uh, the series. Yeah, the Ocean, right. yeah. Uh, Pappy? I'm looking at Letterbox now. It says he was he's in Being John Malkovich. Is that true? I've never seen it, but I don't remember him being in that. I'll say that and <laughs> was in Glorious yeah, great Bastards. performance. I don't remember. He a second plays of it. himself uncredited, so I don't remember him being in that at all. But I love that fucking movie when I saw it. So and yeah. Pappy Denver. All right, this like I said, this is Brett. I'm gonna break my own rules. Um. I'm going to say Snatch, Ocean's Eleven, and The Big Short are probably my three favorites. Ooh, that's a good one. You just saw it for the first time recently, didn't you? Yeah, probably about four or five months ago. But yeah, I, I loved it like a lot. What do you so. guys think about the upcoming film? Um, it's not out yet at the time of recording, but this Tarantino flick, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Cannot wait. Looks good, man. Bring a little love in. Yeah. Looks creepy, but... Um, not, maybe it doesn't look creepy, but like we know what's probably going to happen at the end, so that's pretty creepy. What do you think, Josh? You looking forward to it or what? Yes, I'm very much looking forward to it. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to derail your podcast. <laughs> I right. feel bad. I don't agree with your hypothesis, but... What's my hypothesis? I don't know. That's what, that's what Quentin Tarantino said to that reporter who asked him a question about being sexist or whatever. Man, I don't even have an opinion. <laughs> That's what Marvin said. <laughs> All right. Well, let's before it gets even more off the rails. Let's go ahead and start. I'm gonna. I know I say this all the time when I do pods, but I'm gonna try to do it differently. Um, I'm gonna need you guys' help a lot, but um, I'm gonna break it up into little sections, like seven or eight. So just uh, just I'm gonna give a little bit of background information. Um, I'd say the two. There's two main characters in this movie. Uh, William Somerset, which is played by Morgan Freeman. Uh, he's a detective lieutenant. He's retiring in seven days. Super smart. He's not. I got Ooh, the seven. Yep. Seven. Yeah. Uh, I would. I got the seven. opinion that he's he's not super popular among his colleagues. I don't know if it's because he's too smart or he's a recluse or whatever. But 
Um, and then the other main character is David Mills, uh, who's played by Brad Pitt. Um, he's a detective. He's brand new to this particular precinct. He's a hothead. Uh, he seems to want to prove himself in the big city and do some real good um, in the world or whatever. And a uh, side character is uh, Tracy Mills, played by Gwyneth Paltrow. Pepper she Potts. is David Mills, a.k.a. Brad Pitt's wife. And this is this stuff doesn't really bother me, but I thought it was kind of funny that they're high school sweethearts. Okay, she was like 22, 23 in this movie, and he was 32. So I would say they're trying to age her, age him down, but he had said he did like five years on homicide and like a bunch of years on the beats of the street. So they're like trying to age her up, which I thought was really weird. But, but she is like, so cute in this movie that you almost forget how much of a raging asshat she is in real life <laughs> yeah <laughs> the the ceo and co-founder of goop she's adorable yeah. in this film she is she's young dumb and full of brad pitt um <laughs> what no so well after performance speaking of john c mcginley is also in this movie he plays john c mcginley um, so I'm going to break this. <laughs> he's Dr. Cox. Come on. He's classic. So I kind of have this broken down into, I kind of try to skip a lot of the little mini stuff that I don't think is super important. Like the first thing I just kind of want to talk about. How many segments are you breaking this up into? Siete. Well, seven. Se- yeah, seven is going to have. Because you said seven or eight, and I was like, it better be seven. <laughs> no, it's it's seven with a, with a couple little mini mini interludes in between. But the first one's Bloody. So seven VN. Does uh, Josh, you just watched this movie, so do you feel comfortable kind of getting us started on Gluttony and how that's set up? And yeah, because this is probably the one. <sighs> That I remember the most as a kid. This, yeah, out. this is this is one of that's one of the top five of these that scarred me the most. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, pretty so, high batting percentage on these. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Our bad guy sneaks into this really obese guy's house, force feeds him um, a bunch of tomato sauce to the point where like his gun has made like indentations in the stew's head, and. He's got him chained to his chair in the meantime, and, like, after 12 hours, I think, of force-feeding him, the guy passes out, and he, like, kicks him in the stomach, and his stomach blows up inside of him. And it's the... I was uh, was watching this in my lunch break, eating some, like, Arby's mozzarella sticks. Yeah. And it was... We were eating meatloaf last night, and I could not eat. We had spaghetti tonight. I'm glad we didn't have that last Mm, night. Yeah, like, Arby's... Yeah, mozzarella stick, a little juicy, kind of comes out. Mm, and then it's like this. Out, yep. mm, and then you see this guy's ankle. Oh, man. They also kind of make a point, I believe, to say, I don't remember when he ran. Uh, again, you don't know who the killer is. That's one of the, I think, the best parts of this movie is it's super subtle. Um, they're not shoving anything down your throat. You don't throat even know like if it's a killer. Right, yeah. yeah. Like, they get called, but like Brad Pitt actually says in the movie, who said this was murder? And, yeah. uh, Somerset says no one. So, yeah, but then they, I don't know how they eventually didn't get it because he was tied to the chair. But, yeah, the, the scene with the puke under the table is really gross. And um, they actually make a point to say the killer maybe left in the middle of this torture to go to the store. And I, what did he buy more pasta? Dude, I yeah, think that's they, because uh, the guy ate more than he expected. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> 
<laughs> Gross. Yeah, so, um... Uh, do they find the note here? No, they find the note later. So, uh, we're not going to get into, like, they, they split up at some point, but Somerset comes back. Um, Pappy, do you want to describe when he comes back to the house by himself what he finds? Yeah, so in the autopsy, they found some, like, mm-hmm. shavings on the floor, and uh, Somerset goes back uh, to the apartment, and he realizes those came from the the legs of the refrigerator scraping the ground. Um, so he moved the refrigerator back or something, or, or put the, the scrapes back in place and moved the refrigerator over them, and he sees the gluttony uh, painted on the wall. Yeah, and there's also a note there that uh, it's uh, from uh, Paradise Lost by John Milton, which I think was written in the 1500s or 1600s. The quote is, long is the way and hard that out of hell leads up to light. So that's definitely like a fallen angel reference. That's what the, that book's about. So I don't know where that, I think that comes up later, but. So yeah, are, all pretty these, much, are all these things ahead. supposed to be like actual clues at the end or are they just kind of creepy, do you think? I think he uses this quote I don't know if he used it as a clue as much as like to kind of find out like a little breadcrumb, not a breadcrumb, just like a little nibblet of information on the guy, like he's piecing these little pieces of information together. But it all leads uh, back to the library card. Yeah. <laughs> I think one of my other favorite parts of the movie, too, sorry to go back to like the first time they're in the apartment, is like the initial chemistry between mm-hmm. Brad Pitt and uh, Somerset. Like there, it's really contentious, and and Brad Pitt like is really kind of showing. He seems really young there. Like Stevie, you mentioned that he's, he's such a baby here, and like he seems really so his character seems young. really immature. Yeah. Very. Yeah, I actually have in my notes like Somerset and Mills are put on a case together. I mean, they just met, and you could tell how different they are like right away, and it's it's they're yeah contentious for sure. Did Pappy say immature? A little bit. He, he throws a couple of temper tantrums a couple of times. Yeah, that's kind of his thing. And plus, he's his, a full-blown dickhead, right? His dialogue uh, is kind I, I of shoddy throughout the movie. I think movie. he's more of a hothead, personally. But I think he wants to prove himself. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. And Somerset is like, I'm done with this city. He's just trying to collect his paycheck till the end of the week. He's trying to get out. And he's. I think he's also like kind of half protecting. Uh, uh, Brad Pitt's character here because he knows this city is so messed up. Also, it's like an unnamed city, so I, in my head, I imagine it's like Gotham or something. Metropolis. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I th- go ahead. Sorry. But yeah, he's just like so sick of this city. I think he uh, is kind of like half protecting Mills, and also like Mills has no idea what what to expect. Mm. Uh, yeah, he's like naive and really green because he came from the suburbs. Like like Mikey said, I actually watched a, a little video about how this movie is really ambiguous a lot of parts are and then one of the main things they did was like Mikey said they never established a city and he did that on purpose um, I saw someone make a joke that said it was like lost new angel York so it's kind of like I was sick in New York and then like towards the end it's like straight LA or at least California so because they're in the desert yeah and well, one Quentin of the reasons Gwyneth Paltrow has a line where she says, when we lived upstate, it was like this. Mm -hmm. So that made me think New York. Right. That's what I thought, too. Like, upstate California is way different, too, than... But, yeah. That's true. I was thinking... But that's the brilliance of making a choice like that, is, like, this this movie is set in, like, real-world light, 
You know what I mean? Like it's the real world, but like it's it's so dark and like almost over the top in right. spots that it couldn't be a real city. It, that would almost take you Gotham. out of the movie. Yeah. Right. No, Gotham's perfect. And I, again, I, I was gonna finish off the. They didn't want purposely. They thought they didn't want to use L.A. or Chicago or New York, you know, places where there are a lot of crime, because these cities actually have good things about them. This city is supposed to be. It is as, Gotham. Like, yeah, nothing good in this city. It's bleak. It's dark. There's crime everywhere. It's Sodom so and I Gomorrah. Think it was just such a really good yeah, Sodom and Gomorrah. Yeah, it's fine. So it's Gotham. Yes, we. I, mean, I think we all are good with the Gotham. <laughs> so you're confirming. So we Kevin Spacey turned himself in just like Heath Ledger in The Dark Knight. Is what Why you're didn't they me. use the bat symbol? True. Bat symbol. Sorry. Just a real quick interlude here. Um, in, in between these first two cases, they had this really weird kind of cool scene with, uh, what is it, R. Lee Ermey, who's just a classic. He's classic in playing club. when he plays. Is it two? Full Metal Jacket and what else? This, this? Nothing this. else? Okay. Correct. Um, yeah. He... Somerset asked to be taken off the case, but he's denied. And then Mill asked to be to have the case, and he gets taken off. Um, and they kind of go their separate ways, which leads us to uh, greed. Um, Mikey, do you want to hop in on getting us started on greed? Yeah, uh, Mills uh, gets thrown off of that case, like you said, uh, but then he unexpectedly gets handed uh, a connecting case, uh, which he doesn't know yet. Uh, and it's in a, a lawyer's office. Uh, there's this guy that was murdered, and he ended up having to carve off a pound of flesh. What is that noise? Yeah, off of his own body. I'm with, I'm with you. What what is going on? Okay, sorry, Mikey. Go ahead. And uh, <laughs> Jesus. And he's just uh, putting it on weights against, I don't know, just a, a pound of something, so that was kind of like Kevin Spacey's character's sick uh, analogy for greed or something with this lawyer. And he, I don't know, just uh, writes greed and blood on the floor and when uh, Somerset, or uh, when Mills gets there, he's uh, kind of just left dumbfounded because he's looking for clues and he's like standing right in the middle of the crime scene. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And uh, he doesn't know that it's uh, connected yet because at this point we hadn't seen... Uh, Greed, yeah. Uh, yeah, we hadn't seen uh, Somerset pick up that note yet. I think uh, that was like after yep. this scene. So they don't know that these two uh, crimes are connected at this point. Yeah, um, The uh, just a little bit of history here. Um, the pound of flesh, that's what you were referring to. That is a... Uh, that's from William Shakespeare's The Merchant of Venice. Um Never saw I it. Think, well, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> what year was that? What was a box ninety or something? Uh, it's an eighties uh, movie. It's, it's what a uh, Jewish loan shark demands from someone for a loan that he gave him, and the guy can't pay his loan. And I don't know what happens after that. But that was the first time pound of flesh was used. Isn't that what Get Shorty's based off of? I don't know. I watched like. Mm. 30 minutes of that 20 years ago and stopped so gotcha continue I heard it I mean I always wanted to go back and watch it but because I thought Be Cool was pretty good um, does anybody have anything they want to add to greed I mean we haven't quite gotten to the what was the rule no bones were allowed no bones yeah, no, bones. no, no cartilage. cartilage 
And so Mills was like, uh, the only place that could be is like your love handle. So he like chopped off his side there. Right, where all the fat is. Yeah, because he, you know, if you want to like live, I guess you can cut off fingers and those weigh more. But he wanted, I mean, guessing he wanted you to die because I guess if you take a pound of your flesh off, you're probably going to die. But I mean, the goal was for him to die, even if he made him think that. Uh, yeah, it says one pound of flesh, no more, no less. No you got to go ass no cheek. Bone, Ooh. Ooh. That's nice. a pretty good one. Booty cheek would have been the way to out. go. Um, so just yeah, so it Mills is pretty lost, like like Mikey say, he's kind of standing in the middle. He's not as good at this as Brett, uh, Are you confused ahead. as to like Morgan Freeman and Brad Pitt's like relationship on the case at this point in the movie? Well, they've just gone. They're on. They're, on, like they're not Mikey partners said, anymore. They're on two different cases, but they find out that they're related because as Mikey said after this is this when, when they start sharing like an office at- well that's that's coming up soon like Mikey said or what Pappy said Somerset goes back to that house finds the gluttony and then he's completely uninterested in the greed case until he finds out about greed then that's when he goes to the library he gets all those books he makes a list of books for Brad Pitt to check out and he leaves it to him and then they're in their office and then that's when the catalyst for how this their partnership goes uh, actually get called by Mills' wife, Tracy, and she invites Somerset to dinner. Why is so William go, a good name? <laughs> In every movie. Pirates of the Caribbean, oh, that's a good, strong name. This movie, oh, that's a good name. I don't understand. I don't know. Is it a biblical name? No, I don't know. No, it's, the, it's like an old, older English name, I'd imagine, but maybe it's come from German. I don't know Wilhelm, but so they go have dinner, and they become more and more friendly to each other. And then all of a sudden, they're sitting there working on the case, and they get the idea to go to the widow's house of the lawyer. They ask her if she remembered anything, if anything in these pictures, and she's, you know, she's completely distraught. She can't be bothered. But then she's like, <laughs> look at look at these pictures of your dead husband, yeah. ma'am. And I love the stick, the post-it notes, like covering it. It's pretty good thinking, <laughs> I guess. But <laughs> yeah, do you see anything out of the ordinary other than the blood and guts on the floor? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Look at your dead husband, and then look for a painting you bought a long time ago. Right, but yeah, as Stevie said, there she notices the painting is upside down. So then they go to the office, and that's where this kind of leads us into. Do you want to take the end of this in the office and kind of take us into Sloth, Stevie? Sloth's kind of a long one. It's kind of a slower play, so. Okay, so if I remember this correctly, because this movie always boggles my mind because you're juggling a thousand different murders. Mm-hmm. But For sure. when... Well, seven. I'm just <laughs> saying. It's a lot to keep track of. Lots of ins, lots of outs. Round up. Very yeah. true, very true. Um, no but more, when no they remove the painting, seven. they're looking to like open the back of it. You know, Are there notes? Is there other shit written on the wall somewhere? And that's when Somerset... Okay, can you admit that Somerset is just Virgil Tibbs before he retires? I think he's better than Virgil Tibbs, but... Tibbs I mean, come on, I being guess. a polymath like that, that's Virgil Tibbs. Well, you're talking about from the show, right? I've never seen... I know you love the show. I've never seen the show. I'm talking about from we're the talking movie. About, we're talking about, of course, In the Heat of the Night. 
Yes. Yes. Yeah, sorry. For the listeners at they home, call me Mr. Tibbs. Thank you, Pap. I don't know what they're talking <laughs> about. Long story short, he was an African American detective who was a genius in all sorts of different areas and expertise. In the heat of the that night. Somerset to a T. But great song too. That might be an edit point. Nope. What? I mean, to infer that like there can only be one genius black detective in all of cinema. The edit point is the fucking papers you were wrestling around five minutes ago. Yeah, Josh. seriously. Not, I'll I'll edit this episode. I was trying to get a something. Good point. I'm sorry. You just made. I'm not. No, Josh. I don't imply that I'm racist. I'm just saying, if you're gonna make <laughs> a detective <laughs> like that, that's let's p- move on. Let's move on. Stevie, you were on Jesus. a roll. Kind of. He's finding clues. He's finding clues, yeah. finds fingerprints. As they take the fingerprints back to the lab, and they connect it to a pederast like Kevin Spacey. And, um... Alleged. He is. And that's when they, uh... Go to that dude's apartment, and that's where the beginning of Sloth is, where they're starving this... He starved a guy for, for what, a year? Yeah, to the day. That's like, oh man, that's just so creepy. I hate watching that scene. Uh, it's gross. Yeah, it's it, like one of the. It's just a great jump scare because you like don't expect it. You have like no reason to think that like Doctor Cox is in his face and he's like, "You got what you deserved," and the guy like coughs or whatever. Even the doctor's like, he's about to go to hell after he dies. <laughs> yeah, it's like Jesus had that in my notes too. Yeah, so. It- well, but, wait, I want to go back, because, Brett, you said a year to the day, and that always bothered me, because I felt like there was no way that Kevin Spacey could have possibly known that, yeah. even if he is as smart as he is. But on this rewatch, Brad Pitt says, "There's like uh, Morgan Freeman says, a year to the day, and Brad Pitt says, there's no way we can know that's true, and Morgan Freeman just dismisses him and like moves on to the next topic. So I actually think that one kind of throwaway line by Mills like kind of saves that whole plot point. Like Maybe it mm-hmm. wasn't a year to the day but they had he had 365 well, photos like to trick them or something you no know, he said it's a year to the day he wanted us he did that on purpose but, and brad pitt goes you can't know that and he goes he did or something like that but i but didn't yeah to, like, i think take away your... a good point there is what i'm saying like morgan freeman doesn't have a counter to we don't know that's true right he, he, just he doesn't has have any feel. evidence that it's true yeah but I'm, I'm glad you bring that up though pat because that was like is this guy have superpowers or something? I think that's kind of what you're thinking at this point. Yeah. How could he be so smart that they would figure out things behind the painting and like the fridge and all that stuff in like that exact amount of time? Yeah, that's that's a stretch. Like for him to because he the clue he left were in a really hard place, and you take someone really smart to know, and he didn't know who was he didn't know who was doing the case at the time. So you know. It's a huge leap of faith to hope that someone super smart like Tibbs is yep. solving the case that quickly. Probably only Tibbs and Somerset could solve that case. <laughs> that said, though, I love those two parts of the movie I just mentioned. When they're like finding those clues hidden, I think that's awesome mm-hmm. cinema. Oh, yeah. I love it. For sure. Um, just as a quick side note, I believe the fingerprint tech who's like, guys, this could take as, as long as three days. That, I believe that's actually Morgan Freeman's son. He's oh. also an actor. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Stevie k- kind of skipped over some of the... Edit more- point, every black guy is Morgan Freeman's son all of a sudden. Jeez. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> okay, well, Nepotism we just lost... Nepotism in Hollywood. Yeah. 
But yeah, Stevie kind of like. Oh my god! Someone what? just flip a desk. I don't know what's going on in Josh's house. We good? Hello, Josh. Mom? You dead? No, Dad? keep it moving. <laughs> we all thought you took a spill. Pappy, I will edit this episode. I'm so yeah, sorry. You will. <laughs> okay. So. So Stevie skipped over some of the more grody parts. Like, he, like, cut this guy's hands off and then sewed him back on. He hooked him up to, like, an IV and only gave him enough nutrients to live. But basically, like, what the doctor says, it's, like, the worst suffering anyone's ever suffered that he's seen. And like Pappy said, he says, and he still has hell to look forward to. So Doctor diagnosed him with a mushy brain. <laughs> mushy brain. <laughs> yeah, he made a point that said something like, "What? Well, what if you flashed a flashlight in his eye, he would die?" Yeah, die of shock. <laughs> die of shock. So he's but disgusting. Yeah. He's got like bed sores all over him. It's really pretty grotesque. Brett, of the seven deadly sins, which is the one you'd least want to have to do? Uh, wait. Do like have it happen to me? Yeah. Yep, well, you gotta I'm, pick one of these. I'm not, not a woman. I'm not a woman, but I think the lust one would be pretty bad. Yeah. Ugh. That's probably up there. Ugh. But I think a sloth would probably be the worst because Agreed. it's a it year is. of suffering. It's mm-hmm. terrible. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. But they're all bad. I mean, the, the, the five that we actually see, Pride's probably the least bad, but we'll get to that one. You could listen to the whole spoilers catalog twice if you just laid in bed for a year. That wouldn't be so bad. <laughs> Yeah, but you have to listen to the early episodes and you'd really suffer. What a way to go. <laughs> oh, the uh, early ones would be hell. Yeah, it'd be hell for sure. <laughs> Another side, I don't remember when this happened, but it's kind of important. Uh, Tracy calls uh, Somerset William and uh, they meet and she tells William that she's pregnant. Inappropriate. Um, With his baby. <laughs> HR with Morgan Freeman's yeah. voice, <laughs> but like she makes it. She it's not really inappropriate. She makes a point to tell us why she doesn't know anybody here and she hates the city. Sadly, he's like the only one she can talk to. So she tells him that, and he tells him a story about how he had an abortion, and he has no doubt he made the right decision. But he at the time, but he wishes every day that he would have made a different decision, which I think is kind of a cool little roundabout way of saying whatever he said but so i just wanted to get to that and uh, i don't know if there's i have a wait, question wait, for wait. you guys to go, oh, go ahead pat i was just gonna say the, the, i just don't want to i don't want to breeze over that because like somerset's what's her name tracy or whatever tracy. yeah Teresa. what her, her his relationship to her is like kind of the whole key to his character arc you know what i mean that's what makes this movie like really over the edge great to me is like mm-hmm. you know in the end he's talking about like how humanity is worth fighting for like he's ready to retire he's ready to quit and like the scene at dinner and then this kind of like her scene uh, of like confessing that and when he's like you spoil that kid and she like starts to cry a little bit like yeah. god damn man that's some good shit right yeah there. really good that's good sure. movieing. yeah but if you choose to have this baby you spoil that kid every chance you get about all the advice I can give you, Tracy. Good movie. Uh, something we skipped over a little part. Uh, Victor, who's the sloth guy, he did some really bad things, and the lawyer from Greed got him off. I don't remember how, 
technicality or insanity or something. So that's how that was related. I don't know if we said that or not, but well, um, I and I he, had he something, Brett. Off. Before yeah. that, that same scene with Gwyneth Paltrow and Morgan Freeman, like. <laughs> I don't know if you guys can separate yourselves from a time where you didn't know the ending of this movie, but is there any part of you that thinks this part of the movie was supposed to be like a setup to Morgan Freeman being like the bad guy or something like that? Hmm. Mm, I ne- I've never gotten that feeling. Are you spo- are you supposed before. to be thinking that it's maybe one of the detectives during the movie? I don't know. That's just something I. I, I think know. you're supposed to think it's Victor and that he had got away. Like, they're going to go storm his apartment, but he had already got away. But Which I think is what makes the huge scare of him coming back to life and like even better. But I, I, I didn't get that from that, Josh. But, I mean, that's definitely a... Well, it reminds me a lot way. of, like, like, True Detective and, like, Silence of the Lambs, where, like, the actual killer is just kind of like some other guy. You know what I mean? Like, there's no twist like the butler did it. The killer is just kind of out there, but the story's about the people trying to find him. He's not yeah. established. Yeah, I saw that. Someone said it's not about, like, the crime and murders. It's about the people, like, in the storyline. And, yeah. It's about the friends we made along the way. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've just been watching too much Shyamalan Lambam lately. What's the twist? It's a big dumb movie reference. Uh, some, <laughs> Fuck you, you little dipshit. There's a pretty important interlude before we get to the next deadly sin. Uh, he, Pappy, why don't you go and tell us how they get led to John Doe's apartment? Right. So apparently, um, I, don't, I don't know if we talked about the scene originally with Morgan Freeman in the library, but that's a really cool scene too because he goes into the library. And all the guards are like playing poker. It's just like a kind of like another sign of like how bleak and uh, yeah. gross like this whole world is. Not that poker's bad, but it's just like, that's, of course they're doing something like that. But by the way, that uh, that library is actually the bank that was used in the mask. Oh, that's always fun. But, but go ahead, sorry. That's my next pick then, if I win. But <laughs> I like that. Uh, movie. Yeah, so that, that kind of sets up the whole library thing, but. They, Morgan Freeman has connections to the FBI where if you pay him like, I don't know, 50 bucks or something, I don't know how much he paid him, they had 55, that they can run in basically illegal search on all of the books that you've checked out. Mm-hmm. And then that, that's just like how 90s this movie is. Cause Pre-Patriot it's like, Act. Pre-Patriot it, Act, for yeah, sure. It's, well, it's supposed to be still like scandalous, but now it's like living in 2019. It's like, oh, it's the most benign thing ever, like, I'm sure. <laughs> Sure of course they know what I'm reading at the library. Yeah. <laughs> but but yeah, so they're able to find uh, John Doe's uh, search history of like Canterbury Tales and Dante's Inferno and and all his other stuff that that he was referencing. St. Thomas yeah, Aquinas, so- as Brad Pitt says. <laughs> yeah, he's not very uh, educated in this movie. Uh, so yeah, they get to John Doe's apartment. I believe they're just gonna ask him about the books. Like, they're not gonna, they're not gonna like put the screws to him or anything. They're just gonna like kind of get a lay of what he's like. And nobody answers. And I think, man, I just think this shot is super cool. Like the long hallway view. Someone comes around the corner, and Somerset's like, David, and then they point to him, and then he takes a couple steps forward and then shoots. Um, and then this humongous chase 
uh, ensues, and you get like a really good view of like verbal Kent running. <laughs> Did anybody not see that like exactly? <laughs> but yeah, so they're, they're kind of going through this hotel. Like the way they filmed it, it kind of made it seem like Morgan Freeman was going to take a shortcut and get to where he needs to go, but he's basically just an old man. And he just, <laughs> nothing ever comes from him running. He just kind of like, crap, I got to get there. He just looks down the stairs, afraid. Like, oh. Yeah. Oh. He's like, Was there, is there another I'm exit? Too old and then for he this goes shit. there and like he never shows up. But so. Do you think it was too long of a chase scene, Brett? Um, so. Maybe a little bit. Like, I saw someone it, it, say it's really hard to tell where people were. It's just it uses a lot so of tropes. Crazy. They're running across rooftops of cars. They're going yeah. up and down uh, cat or cat uh, or fire escapes, catwalks, yeah. landing in a trash garbage bins or whatever. There's a lot of chase tropes in this For one sure. scene. So then it leads to uh, he finally goes into this alley and he like looks up and John Doe whacks him in the face or whatever with a crowbar or pipe or whatever and he puts a gun to his head and then I don't remember if he hears Somerset or if he just like I'm not going to kill him and kind of like audibles to get to where we go later but uh, I don't know if you guys have seen the, the little known or like Brad Pitt like hurt himself really bad during the first take of that. Was this pre or post photographer in the stairway? Post. That was during post. Sloth. Okay. Because remember when they go in the apartment, they see the pictures of him. Right. But yeah, you know Brad, spell. Brad Pitt oh, cut himself scene. really, really Brad, bad. During Brad Pitt scene. doxes himself in Sloth. Yeah. Yeah. That's how. That's how true. Kevin Spacey yeah. uh, finds him. We had him. But yeah, so I guess if you want to just read about that Brad Pitt thing, that's it's fine. Um, that's a really good point, Mikey, because that's like. He was all wrathful. <laughs> well, I think that's uh, I think uh, that's why he doesn't kill him here with the the gun and the tire iron or whatever is because he recognizes him first. He's the guy from Sloth, mm-hmm. from the Sloth killing, and then uh, I think he kind of like audibles on his like Definitely. last couple murders and he has realizes to they have his place. They, they, he can't go back there and do what he was going to do. So he can't yeah, go get all creepy instruments and stuff. Yeah. He audibles on his last couple murders here, and then switches uh, uh, Brad Pitt's character to like the focus of his like last couple, uh, yeah, Seven Deadly Sins kills or whatever. For sure, and and then they go and they go back to John Doe's apartment, and this is where you see how different again how different Somerset and Mills are. Mills wants to go in the place, and Summer's like, like, don't do it. If you if you go in that apartment, you can kiss a conviction goodbye. And being the hothead he is, he kicks the door open, and Summer's just like, you're such an idiot. So that's illegal. Then he goes and does something even more illegal, and he pays a homeless person to say that he saw John Doe creeping around so they can get a search warrant. So, and then they go, Stevie, do you want to, like, maybe describe kind of stuff we see in this apartment in John Doe's apartment yeah I mean at least yeah I mean countless notebooks of his psychotic writing which is oddly neat as well um and then um what was in the jar 
There was something floating in a jar. Is that a hand? Yeah, it was a hand from. What's in the jar? What's in the jar? What's in the jar? What's in the jar? Hand, but yeah, it's serial killer one hundred and one in that apartment. But yeah, it's it's quite. Yeah, they see some of the trophies. Actually, the those books were like all filled, like it took them like two months or something like that. Like the stage people or production assistants like wrote all that stuff and they researched it. Like that's like crazy detail that's like Wes Anderson detail who like every time they show a newspaper in Grand Budapest he wrote all of those articles but uh, I it costs like $15,000 to do to do all that it's so over the top for sure <laughs> that's not a good use like, a- anytime I watch this movie I always think about this scene because of how crazy his apartment is it's uh, like it's like burned into my mind how detailed and how over the top they went with like to make it look so grimy, like his bed was Fincher, so scary. Mikey, too. you gotta come out and visit me in Colorado sometime, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you got a freaking pep den too. Uh, but Fincher is like so good at finding these uh places that look like you could smell how damp and like rotting the place yeah. is inside, for sure. So, I'm always like, whenever I see this, his apartment is always like burned into my head. So I think it's awesome. But don't you guys love seeing that extra effort? Somebody was kind of poo-pooing it. Was it you, Pappy? Pappy, yeah, he said it was a bad investment, pretty much. I think I, it's, I think it's cool, but yeah, I mean, I'm I sure they know. sold each one of those books for like five thousand dollars a piece. That probably worked out pretty well, but it doesn't make much sense to me to have a bunch of unread, scribbled books. But <laughs> yeah, for sure. Like, does it I, impact I your rating on this movie at all, Brett? Knowing that those books were filled or not? No, 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 for sure. No, definitely not. No, I honestly it just, think it's I, way more likely that, that I'm right, that they sold them as like merchandise or souvenirs or something and probably made a profit off of it, like used in the movie Seven, but it was like just sitting up there on the shelf or something. Well, <laughs> they didn't do the writing so that it would become a headline. They did it so that they had more options in the editing and that like the film looked more authentic. I think that's something that's kind of cool instead of someone like James Cameron that's made a living of just like, trying to get the cheapest for the dollar like at every turn like i'd much rather see this type of filmmaking it's a small I, yeah no it's not bad it just doesn't it doesn't affect my rating as stevie said in any way no definitely or, not yeah. For sure. I, yeah i get that um so there is a they find a clue a clue raging clue they find it <laughs> in oh i got a clue over here um they find a receipt or something from a leather store. So they follow that to a leather store and the guy's like, oh, I make custom things for people. And he shows them a picture of what he made. I don't remember. Do they show the picture at this time? Or no. Or they're just like, oh no. my God, you made that for him? You made He's this. like, oh, I've made worse than that. Yeah, so that leads us to... What's oh, worse man. than that? <laughs> what could be worse than No, that? I know. It's... A, <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Who do I want to give lust to? Who wants it? Who wants to take it? Ironic questions for the lust category. Right, for sure. <laughs> um, Josh, why don't you take lust? I hate you, Brett. <laughs> Does somebody else want to take it? What a perfect cat. Oh, no, go. This is one of the top five most scarring killings oh, from dude, this it's movie. Awful. It's so I can eat, yeah, I don't even like thinking about it. I think the actor, the actor they take, uh, Morgan Freeman, is like interviewing this guy who had just done this 
horrible deed. And he's like shaking. I love that guy. But anyway, what that guy had to do was he um, went to a establishment and like bought a prostitute. And Kevin Spacey snuck in there. And his usual MO kind of takes over the situation with like a gun. And he makes the dude have sex with the prostitute with like a knife condom. Like a like a like a dildo, yeah, like a strap on. Yeah, it's like awful. And Josh alluded to the guy, like I I guess he did a bunch of weird breathing things so he could be hyperventilating, and he didn't sleep for like three days. What? Which is because he wanted to make himself seem as crazy as he was, which it comes off insane. How? like realistic that is. I mean, he's, he's scarred forever. I mean, he's never going to get over that PTSD. It's just crazy. Well, that's something you're talking about too. It's, it's so well framed because you, you can, it takes a step back and it's got the two different windows and Morgan Freeman's interviewing the, the worker at the prostitute house. And he's like, Oh, this is just another Tuesday in the office. (laughs) Like not even phased by what's happening at Mm -hmm. all. But yeah, it's another example of just Josh. No, I didn't mean the actor. I meant like the character of the movie. It's just another example, like a, a subtlety. It doesn't show. It doesn't need to show you. It doesn't need to hit you over the head with it. Like you get it. It's implied, and you get to hear it secondhand, firsthand, whatever from the guy who's wrapped in a blanket. Uh, and there's no official rape scene in this movie. Nope. Just implied. Mm-hmm. Congrats, fellas. You're right. You did. Steve. (laughs) Let's jump and high five and have the camera light. No rape or spoilers episode. Well done. (laughs) Lizzle. Okay, so. uh, Family friendly episode, finally. Yes. yes. (laughs) One for the kids to listen to. Not explicit rating. Josh, let us know how your kids handle this episode, and we'll decide if we want to market it to younger kids. Please do that okay. for us. We'll do. Okay. <laughs> All right. So we get to. Uh, do we get? Yeah, I actually made a comment to Brittany. I'm like, man, they have a lot more stuff to get to before this movie ends, and it actually all happens pretty rapid fire. They go pretty much right into Pride. Uh, Mikey, do you want to take Pride real quick? It's really quick. It's like three to five minutes, and it's kind of over. Yeah. Uh, so they just find this model. Uh, and the phrase uh, cut your nose off to spite your face is pretty much uh, taken literally here and John Doe cuts her nose off and I guess as she's bleeding out he's like super glued a phone in one of her hands and Mm -hmm. I guess just pills in the other hand and she can either she can either uh, just drift away under the pills or she can try and save herself uh, but she'll be disfigured permanently uh, if she calls 911. So I think uh, she just ends up dying. I think she is so prideful in her looks that she just chooses to, chooses to die. Yep. That's pretty much it. I mean, that's the one that, that's the most like saw ish of the bunch. Like she actually gets a choice. The rest of them. Does don't she want to really play a game? What about the, game? Yeah. the pound of flesh guy <laughs> is kind of like that, right? Yeah, but. Yeah. That guy's gonna die. Like, I don't think, I don't think he would have let him go. I think he actually would have let this woman because it was just part of the thing. It's like, 
this is your chance, but he knew that she wouldn't take it because she of who she was. So, I mean, I don't know. Do you, do you think that she had a lot more of a chance than the greed guy? I mean, I do, but maybe not. I mean, I think he knows who he's choosing. I knew. I think he knows that this woman is so vain that she's not going to try to save herself, yeah. even if she can. So I think he knows what he's... I do, what too. He's, he's I just smarter. Think she actually has, a, like, the skeleton of a choice, at least. I mean, we all know and yeah. he knew that she was going to kill herself because she was famous and she was known for being pretty and so... I mean, it's the, it's the 90s, though, right? 90s, yeah. Couldn't they just given her a new nose? I mean, couldn't she have just oh. gotten a new nose? That's assuming uh, I, that that nose he cut off was her actual nose. Well, Andy, Andy sliced her all up. I think the bigger thing is, like, this is pre-internet, so what was she going to do all alone inside all day? He did do more than just cut off her nose. He sliced up her whole face, I'm pretty sure. But either way, Mike, uh, Stevie, I don't... Can you, like, rebuild a nose? Like, with nose surgeries, you, like, cut around and shape the cartilage and stuff, but... I think you... I mean, Kylie Jenner is... sew it on. Kylie Jenner is proof you can build a new nose from nothing. <laughs> you want a nose, dude? I can get you a nose. I, can no find, I know a nose guy, all right? I can get you a nose with nail polish. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, they go from this thing, and they're just, like, completely helpless. Like, how are we going to find this guy? And... Pap, uh, they walk in the police precinct and they're talking about what their next move is going to be and what happens. Uh, I actually do remember the first time I saw this uh, before I knew the ending. And the, the first time I saw this was actually at your house, Josh, but with your younger mm-hmm. brother who's not on the podcast. Jared? Yeah, <laughs> brother Jared. <laughs> <laughs> I watched this knowing very, like, Kevin Spacey was very famous to me at the time. And to see him walk through the doors in the final act was was pretty mind-blowing because I didn't recognize him at all by voice but um, I guess at the time he wasn't that famous so it wouldn't have been as big of a reveal but still either way even if you're viewing it now with like the Me Too lens it's still pretty freaking crazy that the serial killer then turns himself in like there's no way you could see that coming Detective! Detective! <sighs> I forgot about that too because uh, I was like who is this guy just screaming in the middle of the lobby <laughs> like I don't remember this part at all and then uh, to see him just covered in blood it's like how did nobody see him at all and he just walks into this precinct screaming bloody murder but yeah I guess I kind of forgot that he just shows up yeah so he comes in there his fingerprints are all his fingers are all cut up and this is like one of those really good examples of they wanted you to be shocked. He didn't have anything to do with the pre-movie marketing. He was not listed in the credits, the opening credits at all, um, besides hearing his voice. And I guess, does anybody know if that's actually Kevin Spacey as the photographer, or is that like... Yes. That's is. him. Okay. I yeah. meant to go back and look, but I didn't. So, cool. Okay, well, that, that's even cooler. I was looking for it when I was watching this time. and It did not sound like him. Like, he does a really good job. Of, I don't know. Did he, he sounds like a newsie. <laughs> Boy, me last here. Yeah, or something like that. You'll see. You'll see. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I will get more into it later, but I made the comment to a couple people. I think from the moment he walks into the police precinct, 
this movie is like the last 20, 30 minutes. Of this movie is like an absolute masterpiece. I think everything about the next 30 minutes is insane. Um, so they're like talking to the lawyer. Who's my guy from West wing. He's saying that if you, he's got two more bodies he wants to show you and he wants you two to go with him. And if you go with him, he'll plead guilty and he'll confess and everything like that. And if you don't go, he'll plead insanity, which is kind of a dumb line because like, again, that's not a guarantee that he'll get off and be, even if he does, it's not like he's getting off. He's going to spend the rest of his life in a mental institution. And if you want to see how that turns out, watch one flew of the cuckoo's nest. Which is also a great movie, but I'm pretty so, sure that those two detectives are the kind of guys who wanted him to face the full extent of the law. Yeah, the music, yeah, the, for, as yeah, provided the under real whatever thing, for sure. state they're in. Yeah. I, yeah, I agree with that. So, Pap, though, they, do you think this this plot point would have been better, maybe off screen or like super brief? Um, they kind of it's kind of dramatic with like that lawyer on like that big couch and they. Try mm-hmm. to suss it out, maybe a little too much. Yeah, if any, if there's any flaw, may, that might be the case. It, you could have done less is more because, no matter what, at this point, I'm so invested in the film that they could kind of have any kind of like cinema sins bullshit, and I wouldn't notice it at all. Like where, yeah. wherever you want to take me, wherever you want to go, let's fucking go there. I'm along for the ride. So I'm with you. It's not like it's that long, and you get like one of the. Maybe the only the second scene in the whole movie that has a little bit of levity in it, where they're shaving their chest and they're putting the wires on. I mean, it's like so it kind of leads to that, which I, I appreciate in a movie that's this dour. Brad Pitt really should have cut off his nipple in that scene. That could have made yeah. things a lot better for him. But yeah, he's like happy. <laughs> they, I mean, his pound of flesh. <laughs> everything's happy in his life. He thinks and okay. Then I think that the real just the car ride starts everything for me i think that conversation is so amazing uh steve you want to throw some of the you guys i guess we can just kind of go around and talk about it if you want steve if you want to get us started on the car ride. why was there. brad's like, audio so bad he did <laughs> it he, makes uh, no sense that they, like it was only brad having shots, to do adr and morgan freeman you know, you know why what it's because he had to come back after uh, he was doing 12 Monkeys at the same time, he had to come back. Those were all post shots. They had to do it like through the mirror. Like I, I could show you a video where I they wonder talk how, about it. Like why they messed up so badly then? It's they ran out of time and they had to do the reshots and every single actor, like on the later when they're in the desert, all those helicopter shots, not a single one of those people are Morgan Freeman, Brad Pitt, or Kevin Spacey. They were all gone. Because all of their okay, that's time. fine. But I'm just talking about like why the like why Brad's audio alone had to be replaced throughout that those entire scenes. Why does the body well, maybe it was so bad? Because I just noticed stuff like that in film. Like I noticed it really badly in Indiana Jones, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Um, which I know Full I title. think Brett hates when I say that, but um, <laughs> that's right. I just noticed stuff like that. I was just curious, like why it was only his audio. Perfect time for a Stevie question because I know that that stuff too. Do you have any theories on why they did that for him? Did he flub the lines? Were his original lines like too? You know, he already says well, the bundle of sticks word of, and the. I R noticed word some in of the dialogue in the close-up shots don't match up his with his mouth at all. 
Especially when he's like, I, I think when he says you'll be another freak show of the week, like if you watch his mouth, it doesn't like add up at all with what he's saying. So I'm guessing they had to change the dialogue. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Like it was darker, so, like more hard. I'm guessing, and, yes. Wow. That's kind of so, what I'm getting at. Cause release the Snyder Cut yeah. of Seven. Come on. Ooh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Mikey, do you want to talk us through some of the <laughs> highlights of this conversation? Um, It's just a lot of uh, John Doe uh, kind of explaining his thinking here and that his uh, rationales behind the murders is uh, kind of showing the world how evil people truly can be and uh, I think he just like all freaking psycho serial killers he just wants to be uh, famous so uh, yeah. he's, he's like made a point to tell Mills that not only am I going to be remembered forever but you are also going to be remembered about this too so you should be thankful so that should like be your first clue that something fucked up is about to happen to Mills uh, because he's made it clear that Mills is also involved in this somehow he yeah. just doesn't know Mills is really there. he's taunting him he, he you can tell he just hates him he's making fun of him he kind of says a, a quote uh, that I think a lot of people have thought before it's like when you're a psycho do you realize in your head that you're a psycho I think that's I, I gotta think that's crossed a lot of people's minds it has mine so um, and Kevin Spacey's character has such a like a the whole time he's cool and calm except for one time he loses it wait a minute I thought all you did was kill innocent people innocent is that supposed to be funny an obese man a disgusting man who could barely stand up a man who if you saw him on the street you would point him out to your friends so that they could join you in mocking him a man who if you saw him while you were eating you wouldn't be able to finish your meal and after him I picked the lawyer and you both must have secretly been thanking me for that one this is a man who dedicated his life to making money by lying with every breath that he could muster to keeping murderers and rapists on the streets. Murderers. A woman. Murderers, John, like yourself. So ugly on the inside that she couldn't bear to go on living if she couldn't be beautiful on the outside. A a drug dealer, a a drug dealing pederast, actually. But yeah, that leads them to, is anybody... Any other quotes or anything like there that anybody remembers before we get out to the desert? Why did John Doe say "I know you" to Somerset when they were in the pre when he like first got in the precinct? Because he uh, recognizes him, and maybe yeah, I don't... it seems like a really offshot thing. Just like it, it was like a focus on Kevin Spacey too when he said it. Like I just want to he... know if there's anything deeper in it. Well, no, it just it helps support that the thing that happens in the final scene where his, his wife's head in the box. Like, I, I was wondering if, like, we all know that Somerset has, like, seven days left until he retires. Do you think uh, Spacey or John Doe is the whole point of the movie is that he is fucking with Kev, or, uh, Morgan Freeman's character? That this is, like... It's possible. He, they didn't. He's a legendary detective, and this is his last last case so he's gonna make it like the worst thing he's ever encountered i like that slant yeah i like that too they don't focus on it but that's cool if kevin spacey can time a death to be exactly 365 days i think he could probably do that (laughs) because in the car (laughs) in the car ride morgan freeman is like clearly freaked out he knows that there's 
still something to come. My favorite part of writing is in that car ride too when he's like, Oh Mills, I cannot wait for you to see it. Could the freak be any more vague? I mean, as far as master plans go, John. I can't wait for you to see. I really can't. It's really going to be something. Well, you know what? I'm going to be standing right next to you. So when this big thing happens, you be sure and let me know. Because I wouldn't want to miss it. Oh, don't worry. You won't. Yeah. I was going to talk about it. And he's like, yeah, how would I know? He's like, oh, you'll know. And I don't think you even catch that till obviously, the second or third viewing yeah. of how creepy he's actually being. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Like he wants, yeah, it's, it seems really obvious after the first time you watch it, you're like, man, I mean, why didn't I see this coming? But I don't think the first time I watched it, I expected to happen what happened. So I thought it was masterfully done, but that's basically like the highlights of that trip. And then, I don't know. I really like camera shots like this. Um, the shot where it's through all those transformer things and it looks like they go on forever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I thought that was. Really, I don't know if that's. I don't know if that's. Why are they out here? This is where he says he John Doe the says other, there's bodies out here. Yeah, he said he buried the other two bodies out here or whatever. And I guess they get out and they're with Kevin Spacey and Pappy. Do you want to kind of take us take us home or take us start to home? Yeah, I'll I'll at least get started. I mean, so they get out of the the police car and they come across it's a cardboard box right um well they have to they they see the van in the distance first okay uh i don't remember that go ahead okay does anybody josh you you just watch it yeah so they're checking it out and kevin spacey's like it's over here (laughs) so they start walking across the desert and like super long lens is used to like this I don't know it's like a FedEx UPS truck in the distance coming up oh yeah yeah, yeah. It's so ominous too and I it's I think it's it's just it's just a van but the way it's shot and like the it's score like, or whatever it's so it, ominous you're like what could possibly be in that van it's a Mad Max suicide bomber man. <laughs> coming possibly, in the desert yeah. but yeah that's what that is you can take it back Pat yeah, so it's a delivery guy who's bringing the box. Um, he's just kind of like some stoner uh, delivery guy. He's completely overwhelmed by the situation and the cops who are there. <laughs> hey, man, I'm just getting 500 bucks to deliver this box, man. Supposed to be exactly at 7. Of course, he's late, but yeah. that's all right. And Brad Pitt's like, arrest him after he gets off this road. <laughs> he has him like run down the road to the, to the other cops. But, yeah, so they have the box... Um, I mean, it's one of the most infamous scenes of the whole movie. One of the most meme scenes of all time, potentially. The, what's in the box? But the box is presented to Morgan Freeman. John Doe has the upper hand. He opens it. John Doe has the upper hand now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he... So he's, he doesn't know what he wants to do, and he decides he's just going to open it. So he opens it with a switchblade. And, again, I think it's a shot really cool. Like, he opens the first two flaps... And he's staring there, and then he opens the other two flaps, and he, like, just almost jumps out of the skin. And then this is when everything crescendos, everything is, like, the music's going crazy, and he's running over there because he knows, he's, he's got to think that John Doe's over there being super creepy. Talking, yeah, talking, talking mad crap shit. And, talking shit. Yeah. So he's panicking. He's, like, sprinting 
trying to sprint over there, and at the same time, Stevie, like, we get our sixth sin, and I know a lot of people have a problem with this, but, again, I think he was kind of just audibling, um, but some people have a problem with the next sin we see. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? He was envious of David Mills' life, and he wanted to play husband uh, while David was out and about trying to solve the case, and... Um, I don't, I mean, I'll be honest with you. The first time I saw this movie, I only saw the last 20 minutes. So I, oh, jeez. Yeah, I had, like, <laughs> no, like, knowledge of the previous movie before. And, like, I knew nothing about the movie, and it freaked me out when Kevin Spacey was talking about it then, like, how he methodically murdered uh, Brad, you know, Gwyneth Paltrow and cut off her head. And, yeah, that dialogue She's is... Begging. Yeah, it's freaky to me. I don't, like, that stuff is terrifying. Yeah, it's, it's terrifying. And she said, and he said, uh, like, she begged so much for the life of her and her baby. And then that's when Brad Pitt's, like, perks up. And he's like, oh, you didn't know. And yeah. again, you still you still mm-hmm. hear Morgan Freeman, who's just screaming, drop Put the, the gun down. Drop the gun. <laughs> get away. Stay away from me now. Don't, don't, don't come in here. Whatever you hear, stay away. John Doe has the upper hand. Mills! Put the gun down now. <laughs> Walk away. Yeah, that's that's. I mean, that's pretty much right. He he says I tried to play husband and it didn't work. And I basically, I took a souvenir. I took her head. Her pretty head. That's when Morgan Freeman gets up there, and then we get to our last sin. Um, Mikey, if you want to talk about like the last three minutes of. Ah, um, God, God, oh, God, damn it! Ah. <laughs> <laughs> that part is uh looking back now i mean the first time you watch it it's horrifying uh but uh looking back now watching it i've seen it so many times brad pitt is kind of a little goofy there with his delivery of some of those lines but fucking liar shut up that's what he wants he, wa- he wants you to shoot him no no yeah he's pretty angry here his wife was just murdered uh, so the last uh, sin here is wrath, and Kevin Spacey for all of his uh, seven deadly sins murders to come full circle is for him to get uh, killed by Mills, and Mills is so angry that he just uh, is the worst cop. He's done everything wrong on this case, and he's uh, ruined it here in the end, and he ends up killing Kevin Spacey and ruining his own life in the process and uh what a week to end morgan freeman's <laughs> retirement the cake is gonna be so sweet on that last day uh but yeah then after that uh after brad pitt kills uh john doe um you see uh detective mills taken away uh in a cop car and Morgan Freeman uh, uh, just like take care of him uh, do whatever you can for him because he's I don't know I think he's expecting him to go insane or something he's n- not going to be on the force anymore I, I, no. I doubt it so I mean Pretty if there much. was ever temporary insanity that would be it and I think given the situation again I'm not a lawyer but I gotta think they could plead that down to maybe like second degree manslaughter or something so I mean I I know a lot of people think, oh, he's going away the rest of his life. I, I doubt it, but 
yeah, again, he, his life is over. His wife is gone. His career is definitely over. And he might. Kinda... All, Brad, all Brad Pitt needs to do is hire uh, John Doe's old lawyer who specializes in insanity <laughs> law. He's good to go. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, yeah, so uh, and it ends with a. This is actually. They fought over the ending. Have you guys heard some of the endings they, they wanted, the studio wanted, and everyone's like, nope. Like Brad Pitt refused, was going to refuse to do the movie if they changed the ending. And um, mm-hmm. the studio wanted some dumb ones, like Brad Pitt's was, dog's head was in the box. One was Morgan Freeman killing John yep. Doe, right? Yeah, one was uh, John Doe killing Brad Pitt, but Morgan Freeman killing Brad uh, John Doe. I mean, they How? were they were pretty like dumb. out in the desert or what? I, I don't know. He just gets the upper hand somehow. He had or... the upper hand, Josh. <laughs> John Doe's got the upper hand now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's basically uh, what happened. But like the only <clears throat> thing they allowed was because even the audiences didn't really like the ending, so they added the he- the. Hemingway I mean, it's not quote. a happy ending. No, it's not. They added the Hemingway quote. Um, even Fincher didn't want to do that, but it was kind of a compromise. And it was, um, the world is a fine place and worth fighting for. I agree with the second part. So, and that's the last you see. And the credits come in different. They go from bottom to top, which is crazy. Um, but yeah, some sweet Nine Inch Nails is playing. But yeah, it's the end of the movie. So, Fincher and Trent Reznor. May, may, name, a, name a more iconic duo. <laughs> They've done a lot of movies together. Like all of them, haven't they? Doesn't he? Since here, yeah. Like I know, like he won, he won an Oscar for Social Network. I think so. I believe so. But yeah, no, that's for sure. And they were both kind of weird together at that time. But does anybody have any final thoughts? Bob, I guess your final thought was the thing. Yeah, one thing that kind of bothers me, and I don't like. I love this movie. I don't want to pick it apart. But like David Fincher and the writer. Andrew Walker I think it's like that scene when um, Kevin Spacey is like saying what I'm doing will be studied and copied it's kind of like masturbatory of like the filmmaker I feel like and and if you think it's that then it's like really morbid what he's doing with the movie and it's almost like Kevin Spacey's character's like whole mantra is actually like the point of the movie and I get this t- to entertain ultimately, but I I feel like there's some preachiness to this movie. Like there really is, actually. I don't know. Hmm. What do I you didn't mean? Pick like, up on that, but like, who's being preachy? Like the uh, like they're talking through Kevin Spacey when he's saying that, or what do you mean? Well, I think okay. So this is weird, but I think the abortion thing comes up weirdly a couple times little preachy but yeah through kevin spacey horrible acts and to like get the seven deadly sins back in the public conscious and like this sort of like gruesome way even though it is film it's just a little weird to me yeah i mean i get i didn't pick up on a lot of that but that's everyone watches movies differently so are you in the bathroom brett is it echoey <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. You do an ADR, <laughs> Pappy Stevie. You pick 
Mikey, you guys picking up any of that? Did you? No, I completely disagree. Nah, like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I, I guess I don't understand what you're saying. He, Kevin Spacey like is the bad porn. guy. He's a serial killer. Like, like what? What? Why is it? What line did he cross that other films haven't crossed? Well, he the, wins. Well, right? bad guy wins. So? Well, that's what I love about the movie. Yeah, so? And the themes of the movie are explicitly stated through Kevin Spacey. And well. he wins. So, so you're interpreting that as an endorsement of those themes? That's your interpretation could, of watching? It could be. For a no, a serial idiot, killer. No, a fucking Don't idiot you. would interpret it that way. <laughs> Don't you love Jafar? Who wants to live in a wow. world like this? It's the worst world ever. Of course the bad guy wins. It's a, the worst world ever. That's the whole fucking point. Like, what? John Doe did nothing wrong. <laughs> what? <laughs> John Doe did nothing wrong. I'm a big John Doe and Jafar fan, Pappy. So just get a no. No, no. I have Pappy, no like, idea. I have no idea. I, what you're I don't know. I think about. you got. Uh, I think you got some uh, a little too idealistic views of this world. I think it's supposed to be bleak. The only thing I'll say about David Fincher is the intro to this movie is trash. Oh. Like I honestly despise the over credit music playing intro to this movie. I think it's well, I have, IFC movie? doesn't. They said it's the third best movie beginning ever so are you talking about like the beginning where he goes to the murder scene or just like the black over music playing like credits when he's like making tea the credit I think it's the credits yeah that's that's trash to me I think it's super antiquated Steve like you're skewing so negative tonight why do you hate this movie so much I don't hate this movie at all this movie's a great movie but it's no fun if it's like oh this is great this is great this is great that's be some a little bit of discourse this, this movie's not fun at all but we can have fun talking about it. Correct. I don't like how Pappy is acting like the yeah. bad guy winning with like this horrible, putrid goal Look, is like a good message. You go listen, listen to me. You go to go to the biggest city near you or whatever, and go to the nicest art museum there. There'll be some fucking amazing paintings that are some like some satanic crazy shit, like some medieval fucking people getting their heads ripped off fucking people stabbing each other it's not something i would hang above my bed but it's yeah, a fucking amazing right. painting and that's stuff. what this movie is is no it's not a fun watch it's not an enjoyable time at the theater with your popcorn and your et and your spielberg but <laughs> it's a fucking masterpiece so let's just let's make our saying let's let's make our peace and everything with our yes or no's and pappy wait i have one more final thought right. real quick All right, go ahead. this came I'm out in september 22nd, 1995, also in the, th- this, oh, this debuted at number one, also in the theater at number uh, seven was the spoilers movie, The Usual Suspects, and also in the theater at number 11, a spoilers movie, Mortal Kombat. Yes! Wow. Three spoilers movies in the top 11. I can tell you I saw one of those in the theater, and it wasn't Usual Suspects, and it wasn't seven. I saw, yeah. It was Mortal Kombat. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Loved every second of it. All right. So, Pat, why don't you go ahead and give us a yes or no? Yeah, no, it's a, I'll keep it short because I kind of just went on a pap rant. It's a yes. Uh, it's not, like I said, it's not enjoyable for me to watch, but the more I watch this, the more I think it it deserves the accolades that it's gotten. Um, maybe, I mean, it's, it's fucking like top 15 in the IMDb top 250. It's top 100 in the letterbox top 250. It's 
like, like whatever Brett just said about the IFC. Like it's adored by dudes on the internet. So <laughs> maybe a little bit too much, but I do think it's a masterpiece. It's great. Uh, maybe my favorite Fincher. Uh, not a fun watch, but a great film. Cool. Uh, it's, since we're going reverse, let's go Mikey, I think. Mikey's up. Uh, yeah, I agree with Pap. I really, really like this movie. I like Fincher a lot, too. Um, and I think he's really good at finding uh, these locations and these set pieces that are just, like, so dark and grim and, like, so visceral that you could almost, like, kind of feel how disgusting this world is. Um, but it's a really dark dark stories probably one of the darker movies i think i've ever seen and like pap said it's not fun to watch i was actually kind of pissed that you chose this because it was like such a beautiful day today and i was like stuck (laughs) inside watching this horrifying movie uh but i can't deny that it's not a really well done movie and the fact that the bad guy wins in the end i think there should be more movies where the bad guy wins in the end so i'm sorry josh i think you're wrong here but it's a yes for me. Cool. Uh, think we're on Stevie. Uh, yeah, this is a great, great movie. So definite yes. Um, yeah, it's an awesome movie to watch. It's just really dark and heavy. <laughs> Not yeah. the most enjoyable to watch. Um, this is probably my third favorite Fincher film behind um, Zodiac and uh, The Social Network. But yeah, it's just a really great movie. So, solid, definite yes. Cool, Josh. I love the cinematography in this movie. It's pretty unbelievable, actually. I do have a hot take. I think Brad Pitt has a couple brilliant moments, but I think his acting is really outpaced by Morgan Freeman, who's awesome in this movie. Uh, can't say enough praise about him. But to the point about like the bad guy wins and stuff. I I don't know if the bad guy winning is really my biggest problem with like the writer and David Fincher. It's more that this movie does go to such a dark place. Um, it's almost like selling its soul to the devil and like paving the way for movies like saw, etc. That's like so dark that you can't look away. Um, and I don't really like that sort of, thought and art form but it's a it's a huge yes um well acted well written one of the most informative movies probably of my life like i said five of these murders scarred me but honestly all seven slash eight if you count the babe in gwyneth paltrow's stomach so um really really good movie incredible movie incredible film i was sweet i I was really worried that you were going to say no because it was torture porn. but <laughs> I did that for Bone Tomahawk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought about that a lot this week. Um, this movie is, like, disgusting, but I don't, it's just not, it. like... Yeah, it doesn't show... Like, that's what yeah. I said It shows, that, like... Yeah, it doesn't show a cock piece with point. a blade on it or anything. Right, and she's like, well, Bone Tomahawk actually showed all that stuff. I was like, yeah, it's. I mean, that's... The difference is mm-hmm. seven... Let's you use your imagination. Bone Tomahawk, there's no imagination needed for any of Seven, stuff. the bad guy wins. Bone Tomahawk, the troglodytes die. That's Bone Tomahawk has like one scene like that, though, and Seven has literally eight scenes like that. <laughs> yeah. And 
to Brett's point, though, letting your imagination take it is sometimes worse. But better filmmaking. Yeah. No, yeah, I mean, it's sometimes it's worse as in it's more horrifying. Yeah. I. This is like a definite yes to me. I... I, I agree with Pappy. He's throwing the word around. I, I agree. I think this movie is like a masterpiece. It's so brutal to watch. It's a masterpiece. I think the last 30, 25, 20 minutes, like, let's go with when he gets in the car with them. But as Pappy said, like, right when he walks into the the precinct, it's like your attention's so on. I mean, so good. Um, and someone on the thread said today, and I just miss, miss Kevin Spacey. It's just sad. But um, I think this movie is awesome. And even Brad Pitt, I think, was quoted as saying something like, basically, that Kevin Spacey outshined him really bad in the movie. He didn't say it in those terms. But, yeah, I'd say of the three, Brad Pitt was the, the weaker link. But, you know, he's freaking Brad Pitt. So this movie is a definite yes. It's, I think it's a five-star movie. And, I'm again, I, I was thinking about it. And I felt so bad. I'm like, I can't believe I picked this movie. It's so mean, and I felt bad about it, but I'm glad we got to talk about it. So mean to it. make us all watch that. No, it's just, it's so, like, like Mikey said it perfectly. I mean, <laughs> it's a nice day. It's like the first day in 900 days that it hasn't rained. I mean, it's just, and it's such a gloomy movie, and I felt bad, but I'm glad we watched it, and I think we're all better for it. But So that's five <laughs> yeses. <laughs> okay, I have a decently quick trivia. It shouldn't take more than five minutes. Um... The order is... It's not that bad, all right? No, it's just that I've only hosted, I think, one movie this calendar year. <laughs> Wait, if you're looking it up now, I have the, I can get the feedback. It's Stevie. Like the, okay. From most recent to least recent. Stevie, Mikey, Pappy, Josh. So, Josh, I hate what? to break it to you. You're the most recent, right? No. No, I haven't... It's like... No. Do you treasure... No, you no, didn't no. treasure planet. No, 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 no. It's, it's, uh, what, what was the last I did episode? N- I did Nice Guys. Stevie did Treasure Planet. Raiders. Mikey did Raiders. You did Aladdin. And Josh did, I don't know, a long time this ago. This is our first episode since Treasure Planet? That you've been on. Yeah. No, but we did Nice Guys and what was after Nice Guys? Rango. Jordan's not on. Mm. So, yeah. Right. So, yeah, I think, I think it's what it is. The first part is just kind of it was quick. back to back Brett. That happened. Yeah, that's well. Ugh. I've done it. I've done it before. Me and Stevie are the, the kings of that, but that's not you true. already knew that. Nope. So at a point, there's not going to be much of a <laughs> advantage in, in the first round unless you make it to the end. So I apologize, Josh. Would you like to go? What? Would you like to go first or last? They are five huh? questions each. It's just fifty-fifty. There's a 50-50 answer on everyone, and whoever's got the most at the end wins. And if there's the a tiebreaker, I have a tiebreaker question. Well, taking a lesson from this movie, you don't want to be the one tortured the longest, so I'll go first. Mm. Don't want to be sloth. Okay. So you said you want to go first? Yep. Josh, and then... I don't know how it works. I mean, I guess... I'm like lust, the quickest So, death. Pappy, do you want to... <laughs> Let's just go. Yeah, yeah, that order. Josh, then Pappy, then... Pat, <laughs> Mikey, Stevie. Okay, so, Josh, your first question. Remember, these are all just 50-50. Um, your first question is, according to Dante's Purgatorio, pride is considered the worst of the seven deadly sins. True or false? 
True. That is correct. Happy. Woohoo. Gone Girl has a higher meta score than the girl with the dragon tattoo. True or false? Fall true. That's correct. <laughs> Fall true. Mikey. When it comes to worldwide gross, Troy is Brad Pitt's biggest box office movie. True or false? Mm, that's gotta be false. That's correct. It's World War Z. Good job. Stevie. What's up? <laughs> These are all related to this movie in some way. Some are funnier or less... Re- okay, like this one. Viva La Vida is Coldplay's highest rated album according to Metacritic. True or false? False. That's correct. It is a rush of blood to the head. And I hate Coldplay. Oh, jeez. And Gwyneth Paltrow? <laughs> Josh, who, they're not together anymore. Who? It's fine. Yeah, she's married to somebody else. Um, who has more Oscar nominations, Morgan Freeman or Brad Pitt? Morgan. As incorrect, it is Brad Pitt. Ooh. He got a lot for producing, and uh, so it's kind of cheap. But hey, who? That's big. Adios, Josh. No, he's not done. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> oh, damn it. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> Pappy's up. The Dark Knight Rises is Morgan Freeman's highest grossing film domestically of all time. True or false? Um, I'm going to take the field and say false. It is false. The Dark Knight is his highest. Yeah, it makes sense. Big one. Um, Mikey, Seven Stop was driving Miss Daisy for, was a oh, contender oh. there, but sorry. Seven was nominated for best film editing at the Oscars, but lost to Braveheart. True or false? I don't. Uh, it's true. It is false. It lost to Apollo thirteen. Hmm. Okay. Stevie, what's up, my man? <laughs> Brad Pitt was born and raised in Springfield, Missouri. True or false? Springfield. It's from Missouri. Joplin. I'm gonna say true. False. He was raised in Springfield, Missouri, but he was born in Oklahoma. Lame. Yeah. Jeez. Tricky. Hey, try to trick you. Josh. Hmm. Kevin Spacey's film Billionaire Boys Club made more money in Iceland than it did in the United States. True or false? Can you tell me what year that came out? <laughs> no, I can't. <laughs> Can you use uh, it in a sentence, please? <laughs> I'll say true. That is true. Um, Woo! In, in Iceland, it made $3,732. In America, it made $1,349. Is that the Kevin Spacey movie that after it came out for a week, they were like, it made $54, guys. No, it made, yeah, the opening night, it made like $29. <laughs> like, I feel bad for the rest of the cast because they're like, yeah, Kevin Spacey, and it's got a bunch of big actors in it. Oh, man. Yeah. Was that pre or post scandal? So post, for post. sure. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Okay, Mikey. Uh, seven wait. made more at the box office. Wait, 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 did I get usual- skipped? Or was that? Oh, sorry. Yeah, Never mind. It is. My, uh, Pappy, you're up. Okay. Sorry. And you think it's an easy one for you. Maybe not. Seven made more at the box office than the usual suspects. True or false? True. 
Okay. Yeah. That's correct. Uh, seven made 327.3 million, and usual suspects made 34.4 million. Kind of gave that one away. Or yeah, I was hoping he'd stop talking about that earlier, but. Sorry. It didn't work out. Um, Mikey, according to Dante's Purgatorio, sloth carries the least amount of weight on the soul. True or false? Mm, false. It is false. Lust carries the least amount of weight. Yeah. Yeah. Stevie. Makes sense. Kevin Spacey has won at least one Emmy for lead actor for House of Cards. True or false? True. False. He was gone 0 for 5 on lead actor and 0 for 5 on producer. Gotcha. Oof. I think I think Stevie's eliminated that rule. I'm watching the raid two right now, so that's awesome. Hey, sorry. No, you're good. <laughs> uh, Stevie Josh. jumps on Brett's throat. Jumps on Brett's throat for watching stuff when we pod, but. Josh, <laughs> this is big. You need this. Seven was the seventh highest grossing film worldwide in 1995. That's worldwide, obviously, so true or false? Uh, I don't expect to host till 2020 anyway. Um, <laughs> I'll say that's true. It's just weird enough to be fucking true. Whatever. It, it, it is true. Oh, yeah! Shh. <laughs> Okay, um, I forgot, there's another round. Uh, Pappy. Yes. It's going quick, though. Adjusted for inflation, Ocean's Eleven is Brad Pitt's highest domestic gross at the box office. True or false? True. True. It is true. Pappy, ugh. If Pappy gets his last one, it's over, but there's still a chance for everybody. Mikey. Didn't you say there's a final round? Yeah, if there's a tie. Which is a higher number? The net worth of Brad Pitt or the combined net worth of Morgan Freeman, Kevin Spacey, and Gwyneth Paltrow? Well, I know that Gwyneth has the Goop uh, Corporation (laughs) uh, fully backed. It's like a lifestyle. So I imagine she's got billions. I would say uh, the combo is the bigger number. That, Goop is too big to fail. That is that is correct. Brad Pitt is worth three hundred million. Morgan Freeman is worth two hundred. Kevin Spacey one hundred, and Gwyneth Paltrow sixty. Big Goop bailout. So, not bad. Not bad for Goop. Nope. And I think Goop's actually worth like one hundred forty million. She just doesn't get all of it. Um, cool. So, oh, my computer's dying. Crap. All right, we gotta hurry, guys. Um, <laughs> Plug it in. I know, but I had to leave. And nobody wants that. Uh, where am I, Stevie? Oh, Jesus. Avarice is sometimes used instead of lust when naming the seven deadly sins. True or false? False. That's correct. Do you know what avarice is? No idea. It's another word for greed. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Josh, Spig, you gotta get it or you're dead. I know. Who has a higher career lifetime gross for their movies, Brad Pitt or Morgan Freeman? Oh, Josh Google's intensified. 
silently pressing MacBook keys. This computer's dying. I gotta go. Brad Pitt is just such an A-plus celebrity. I'll just say Brad Pitt. That is incorrect. Morgan Freeman by by 2.7 billion. Hey, maybe in 2020. Ooh, man. Okay, my computer's down to 7%. Should we stop by plug-in? You should be seven, able to yeah. make it to 7. Okay, I just it just went from 10 to 7 in What's about left? minutes. What's left? So. Are there more <laughs> okay. rounds? No, we're almost done. But we're going to finish it out. Um, Pappy, not including the upcoming Shaft film, Richard Roundtree has played John Shaft six different times. True or false? Take false. I'll take the field of numbers other than six. False. You're correct. He's played him four times. (laughs) There are better chances than one number. (laughs) (laughs) Mikey. Fight Club has a higher meta score than The Curious Case of Benjamin Button. True or false? Mm, I'll say false. False. 66 to 70. And then finally, Stevie, just for, for pride. Oh, yeah. Morgan Freeman, Brad Pitt, and Gwyneth Paltrow have all been married twice. True or false? In the movie? I'm going to say or? False. It is true. They've all been married twice. Nice. Okay, so, Pat, you're the winner. Yeah. Five for five on the true or false. Yep. Mikey did well. Mikey got four out of five, but Pappy put it away at the end, so that's it. Uh, Pappy is your winner, and uh, I guess we can kick it to Spoiler Man, and then we're going to come back and have... An announcement for Pappy, and Pappy's going to tell us his movie, and I'm going to go plug my computer in while Spoiler Man's going. Be right back. to wait for him. Pap's pregnant, and the baby is Morgan no, Freeman. I just got, like, yes. one iTunes review to read. One quick end. Good or bad? Five stars. Please support this podcast by leaving us an iTunes review. From April 4th, 2019. Hot off the presses for us to be checking them. <laughs> Our email is podcastspoilers at gmail.com. Twitter is at spoilers underscore pod. Uh, so are we going to go even darker than seven for the next movie or are we going to lighten it up a bit? Movies like Seven will be replicated and studied and made forever <laughs> and ever. <laughs> I see what you're saying. <laughs> I see what you're saying. <clears throat> Our Instagram is Podcast Spoilers. It's lit. Do I have to wait for Brett? <laughs> like, honestly? Where is his computer back? cord? What the hell? <laughs> Very strange. He has to come back to Elkhart to get it. Ah. <sighs> I hope you pick another Kevin Spacey movie. <laughs> or another movie that's just a number. That'd be pretty classic, too. <laughs> Wait, but just Brett left the call. Huh? He didn't make it in time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> Fellas, this recording file? Oh, his whole file! His whole file could be in jeopardy. That's way bigger than just... Oh. This is bigger than us. 
You should have just. Yeah, compu yeah <laughs> computer. Yeah, computer died. died. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully your file is okay. Dot dot dot. That's what I'm about to say. Did he mess it? God damn it! You should have just grabbed the cord. How far away is a charger from a computer? He should have just done it when, as soon as he saw it was dying. There's no reason not to just do it right then. <laughs> no. No. We actually, we really could finish with that, Pap. Josh, do your best Brett impression and finish it out. No. <laughs> I refuse to do that on air. <laughs> uh, how can it take so long? No, what what is he doing? <laughs> He's saving what file. Are you doing He's exporting file. It's probably his best move. What are you doing? <laughs> yes. Why are you not back in the call? We're all fucking just waiting around. You're exporting files. We you start again so we can finish the goddamn episode. You can record while you're exporting. A new window. I'm sorry, I didn't know you were exporting the file. I thought I thought your file was gone. What's in the file, Brett? Lot of editing in this episode. If you enjoyed what you heard today, subscribe on SoundCloud or iTunes. <laughs> And that was Spoiler Man. <laughs> so, uh, Smooth as butter. <laughs> Smooth. We have not had any technical problems. This has been that, like, it just happened right away. Pap, do you want to. Oh, no. There's no, there's no announcement. Movie and then your announcement the or you want to do it the other way around? You keep saying that. Yeah, we got a, we got an iTunes review. No, you have some <laughs> things, something From to read. Raul Regaliado uh, on April 4th, 2019. Five stars. Listen to this, boys. Ah. Like a modern day Siskel and Ebert. Good. Great podcast, guys. I absolutely love listening to you guys when I'm bored at work because of the subjects that I find entertaining and have a passion for. Movies. Would love to hear your thoughts on other <laughs> classic films of mine like... Scarface, Saving Private Ryan, Avatar, Schindler's List, Starship Troopers, and all of the Lord of the Rings. Keep up the work, gentlemen. Well, Raul, I can't speak for the rest of the boys, but I'll say that at least one of those movies I'm pretty sure will spoil. Not at some Avatar. Point. I Starship was thinking Avatar. Starship Troopers. <laughs> I love Starship Troopers. I would love to do all three Lord of the Rings, but but Mikey can't watch any movies that are over two and a half hours, so. No, I was going to pick Schindler's List. That sounded like a fun time. Oh, oh God. Please don't. No, no, no. I, uh, <laughs> my mom was already really disappointed in me. I talked about this on another podcast, but she listened to a couple of them, and she had some uh, feedback. Uh, she really didn't like what I had to say at the end of Too Fast, Too Furious. She thought that was really over the line, and she talked about how she was going into work to work with a bunch of little kids and now that really kind of oh, threw right. her off for the rest of the day. So <laughs> I, I told her, Did she note you're swearing at all. Uh, she, that's, she doesn't like it. And she talked, you to dropped about, about a hundred F pops. Pappy, didn't you have a good cause in that episode though? 
I don't know. She said I sounded like you sounded like planes, trains, and automobiles. The Steve Martin part. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Andrew James. I hope it was funny, <laughs> but she didn't think so. So I told her I'd pick her favorite movie. We we might also have a guest from another podcast lined up, but the name of the movie is From the Brothers Cohen. Oh, brother, where art thou? Are you in I've for, actually never seen this. Is this a big, yeah. dumb movie? Is that what you're saying, Pappy? I haven't seen it in a long uh, time. No, but may, oh, that was spoilers. What? <laughs> 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 Brett supposed to say that? No, I don't know. <laughs> really just threw that out there. Is that the end? Fuck you, you dipshit. Speaking of big, dumb, uh, we have a recommend uh, our podcast on Facebook. One of our good buddies. Um, this podcast is great. It inspired me to start my own podcast. I love the blend of comedy and film critique and the different perspectives brought to the table. They seem like cool guys you'd want to have a beer with. Well, thank you, Corey, for those kind words. Kylo. That's, ni- that's nice. Whenever, when I think about the podcast and inspired us to start spoilers, it was always, oh, I can do this better than them. And so I hope that's <laughs> what he was thinking when he started Big Dumb Movie. <laughs> well, watch your back, Big Dumb Movie. Join in. Uh, join us next week for Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Probably the Cohen's like sixth best movie, but it's still good. Uh, thank you, everyone. Uh, this was spoilers. Dress up like ladies in Burma, dirty 380s. Then they come to kill our babies. That's all out. I got cats that blow the wall out, clear them all out. Fuck the fallout. Word the stretch. I bet they pussy. The seven digits push me. Fucking real. Here's the deal. I got a hundred bricks, fourteen five a piece. Enough to cop six. Buy the house on the beach. Supply the piece with jeeps. Brick a piece. Capiche? Everybody getting cream. No one considered the leech. Think about it now. That's damn near 1.5. I kill them all. I'll be set for life. Frank, pay attention. These motherfuckers is henchmen. Renegades. If you die, they still get paid. Extra probably. Fuck a robbery. I'm the boss. Promise you won't rob them. I promise. But of course, you know I have my fingers crossed. We're in a tight spot. I saw that in the Dollar Theater the same day I saw Snatch. I remember the Dollar Theater. I remember. That was a long one. Yeah. What are you watching right now?